Welcome to The Pursuit of Life, where we share inspirational and action-focused stories to help you live a life of adventure. Proudly presented by Knightswood House. Now, please welcome your host, David Hazelwood. Hi, and welcome to The Pursuit of Life. This is episode number one, and my name's Dave Hazelwood, and I'm excited to have you joining me today. Today, we're meeting my special guest, Andrew Hislop. I've known Andrew for over 15 years. We originally met through sailing, but for the past 10 years, he and his family have been clients of Knightswood House, so we've worked together professionally. I wanted to have Andrew on the show because I'd heard a few stories about his involvement in extreme endurance events, but also because of a new challenge he's tackling and the perspective that this has given him. This podcast is for you if you want to improve the mental side of your game. We talk about Andrew's ultra-endurance challenges where he was able to compete at the highest level for over a decade and how the most rewarding part for him was discovering the power of his mind to control his body and how it would perform. For all of the resources and tools mentioned in this episode, visit the show notes at www.knightswood.com.au forward slash episode one. Now, let's get into the interview. Enjoy. So, we're here today with Andrew Hitchcock, and I've been really looking forward to getting Andrew on the show. I've known Andrew now for probably 10 years through mutual friends and through sailing and, and things like that, but um, really excited to have you on the show today, Andrew, so welcome. No, well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be on board. Now, the first question that I always ask at the start of the show is, what did you want to be when you grew up? Gee, the, uh, I, I guess for me, um, it was more to do with successful in, in whatever I wanted to do. And I was in the uh, computer field and uh, progressed through there. For me, sports was more my passion. And uh, I, I like to, to put a lot of emphasis into, um, into sporting achievements. And, and, and that's where I, I uh, developed a, a, lot of, a lot of discipline and uh, and, and enjoyment in, in things. So, so I guess for me, it was where I wanted to be was successful in, um, uh, sporting endeavors and, and hopefully that would, I'd, I'd be able to have a, a career that would uh, enable me to, to follow those, those dreams. That's interesting because, yeah, a lot of people tend to, I suppose, get caught up in the career and, and have plans around that. But you were very definite from right from the start that, um, yeah, obviously you you needed to make money to you know to support everything else, but it really was the focus was really on your your life rather than um, uh, rather than just work or a career. Yes, exactly. It's like life life is meant to be to be lived and enjoyed rather than uh, uh, devoured by or your time devoured by by your careers. A lot of people are fully consumed in in their, their careers and. For me, that that didn't really appeal to me. I, I like the outdoors. I like getting out into the uh, into the wilderness and and doing adventurous type activities. And uh, and I like to challenge myself you know, physically. So to me, it was really the where I I, uh, I always looked for the weekends to be able to you know, to go off and do things that would uh, that would challenge me in that way. Okay. So what? Um I mean, you mentioned adventure, adventure sports and things like that, and I know you've uh, done a few different things. So what sort of sports and, uh, and events have you participated in? Well, I, I guess 
the, the, the main ones that I've, I've done, I've, I guess starting from uh, triathlons, the short course to medium course to long course, and then multi-sport uh, events, which are predominantly longer distances over multiple days. So different, different ones, things like the many years ago, there was a, a series called the Subaru Classics, so the spring, winter and summer classics. Uh, we could do them as individuals or teams. Mountain biking, road bike, canoeing, um, ocean paddling, the cross-country skiing, orienteering. And then there were some, some other events. JLW had uh, a series of events which were from Mount Buller down to Melbourne. So long-distance running, canoeing or kayaking, road bike riding uh, over several days. And then I got into some other more... Uh, more challenging ones, which were um, the Eco Challenge races. And they were multi-day events, team events of uh, four to five team members. It all stayed together, so it was four out, four back. And the, the gun started and the clock didn't stop until you crossed the finish line. And they went for eight to ten days. And so there was, uh, you, you slept when you wanted to and, or slept where you dared. If you were in the, the lead, you'd always be concerned that the uh, the other teams would be coming up behind you, so you'd you'd challenge yourself to sleep uh, bare minimal of time, thinking that the uh, the competition would be uh, coming right up behind you. Or if you were uh, not in the lead, you'd be wanting to catch them. Again, you'd, you'd take minimal sleep. Um, a lot of the time, these races you'd do uh, over say, say seven days, you'd probably get about seven hours sleep in in total. So that they were extremely challenging, and they that, that, those races were were. Um, Masochist packaged holiday. Uh, they're a great one. They, um, uh, we, we did everything from uh, horse riding, mountain bike riding, glacial trekking, rock climbing, uh, abseiling, uh, whitewater rafting, uh, mountain biking, ocean paddling, uh, just about anything adventurous that you could think of that they put it in. And they were held in different parts of the world. So went to um, over to America, to Utah, to, up to Maine, into British Columbia, uh, Morocco, up to Cairns in Patagonia. So some absolutely pristine countryside that we, we went through. It was just absolutely uh, spectacular. So it was a, um, so, so things like that were, were, were really the, the, the ultimate challenge that I, uh, that I pursued. There's, um, I'm just trying to think, that, the Eco Challenge, I've read a book by a guy who I'm sure was involved in that as well, and he, I'm just trying to think, he was a, a drug addict and ended up getting out of that and basically became addicted to, to these ultra-endurance races. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but um, ran across America, ran across okay. the Sahara. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, so I, I, I can't think of his name. There's, um, But, look, there, there are a lot of people that... that Take up a sport like that, and and uh, and that becomes their drug of, of choice. It's easy to, to get addicted to things like that. So yeah. I can totally understand where, or, or how that can happen, um, yeah. because it is the endorphins that, that run through. It's just, it's just incredible, and the, the feelings that you get, the uh, euphoria when you when you accomplish something that you didn't think that you'd be able to do, and the, the camaraderie when with these the eco challenge races when you're with a team of people, it was tremendous and. And everyone would go through their different phases through the, throughout the race of highs and lows. And one team member might be uh, on a real low point 
And so you you just pick them up and and uh, help them along. You 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 carry their pack, for example, or for a while, and then uh, a couple of hours later, that uh, they're feeling much better, and you're feeling down, and so they'll they'll swap it round and they'll take your pack. That sort of thing. So it's um, but it's the friendships that you build, it's and and and, uh, and the places that you go, it's, it's tremendous. Yeah. Wow. Charlie Engel, that was his name. I remember reading. Charlie Engel. So he. Okay. Yeah, he did one in Patagonia as well. So because they they tended to do one. I know there was a series of them for a while, wasn't there? And um, yeah, yeah. Wow. So you were doing well, the, all that uh, sort the, of... Yes, yeah. So that was uh, uh, going back quite a few years now, I guess. But um, but yeah. So that that, that was the level of uh, uh, the, the the sports that I was doing back then. So there was a a lot of uh, a lot of work that had to go into into training up for those, but. Uh, the, the the rewards were, were were certainly there, and they were tremendous, tremendous races. So yeah. I've got yeah really fond memories of those days. And over what sort of period were you um, were you doing these things? How many years were you involved in uh, in things at this sort of level? Um, probably a good ten years. So yeah. I, I um, yeah, so I, uh, I, I guess when I started off with the uh, the triathlons, and then um, uh, got into the, the endurance events all the way through to the, the finish, and uh, I guess the last the, the last true event that I uh, I did that I, I felt that I was competing in as opposed to just participating in. Uh, there would have been a, a good ten years of um, the high level competition, but that's uh, there, there are other people that have that, that stuck with it a lot longer. My brothers, for example, they're um, they're still very competitive in. Um, uh, and they're older than me as well, so and that, they, they uh, introduced me to some of these sports. So, so, so they, uh, they they've got a lot more pedigree and and uh, and, um, and drive than, or I shouldn't say drive, but um, longevity than I do. Wow. Yes. Yeah. No. Look, we um, uh, it's fun catching up with them now, and and uh, we'll go off and do some uh, a couple of different things, or like go paddling with my brothers, or went. Um, um, just last year, and, and did a, a rafting trip down the um, the, the Barrington, and and just yeah, just had had so much fun, just recapping all the uh, the adventures that we've been on. And uh, but there's always that they always like to challenge themselves. So there's always these little challenges of oh, who can get to the first bend, and uh, or get to the bend the fastest. And or if you go for a bike ride, it's these little challenges of who can uh, summit the hill with, or get get to the, the hill uh, first and. But it's all about fun now, and, and and getting out there and enjoying it, and and just being out there in the in the open and um, and having fun. Well, so you're the kids who never grew up. You could say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done some incredible things then. What, um, yeah? If you look back across all of those, what would be the accomplishment you're most proud of? Well, I guess the, the, in in one of those races, the the Eco Challenge, it was part of the uh, the X Games, uh, which is still popular nowadays. And uh, we we actually won that that race. Yeah, so I've, I've got the uh, the accolade of saying I've I've, uh, I've I've won an X Games, but that was it was a really fast fast event. We we completed it in under under five days, and the next team was seventeen hours behind us. Okay. So um, win. To, to win by that that margin was was extraordinary. A lot of the other races, they they won, even though they're they're, they're raced over uh, anywhere between five days, but but seven to ten days, 
Um, and they're, they're one normally by a matter of hours. To win it by by that margin in, in only five days was um, was quite a uh, quite an achievement. It's not so much the the, the end result of, of winning these things or the, the standing on the podiums and such. They they certainly do add to it. But it's just for me, it was always being able to to get out there and and experience all these different uh, these different places. As I said before, it's also the the, the challenge of pushing the body beyond where it, where it really wants to go. A lot of people, when you if you think of doing a, a marathon, you uh, the marathon's 42.2 kilometres. Um, at the 42 kilometre mark, you are absolutely exhausted, and you can see the finish line 200 metres ahead, and you, your legs are still going. They they just go and go and go until you reach that that finish line. And as soon as you cross that finish line, your legs give up. Yep. But if the finish line was another 200 metres beyond that, they would still be able to continue on. So the mind takes control of what the body can endure. And it's that pushing the body beyond the limitations of what it really can do. And it's, it's finding that, um, that zone where your, your, your mind is able to, to control the, the, what the body is able to do. And, it's, and that's the, the really rewarding part, to be honest. It's the, uh, the mind over matter. It's, it's the, um, you've got all those cliches about it's all in the state of your mind, but it really is how, how much you, you can get your mind to control how, how, you can, uh, how you can get your body to perform. I mean, obviously, it was something that built up over time. And as you said, you started doing short course tries and medium course and long course and then kind of moved into the some of these ultra endurance adventure races. How do you train your mind to do that? Well, for me, it was a lot of because I was getting a lot of support from other people and I, I, I set a goal and I would I'd get support from family and friends. And training people, uh, training partners, and such, uh, and, and also teammates. That yeah, I, I felt that I had to put as much effort in as I possibly could to, uh, so, so that I wouldn't let them down, because there are a lot of sacrifices that, that you make, and the uh, and, and that puts a lot of uh, stress on on um, uh, on your your supporters, and uh, and so if they can see that that. That you're achieving all of this, that that really does build up that uh, strength of character. And and for me, it was I, I I didn't want to let them down, and I didn't want to let myself down. I'd always like to to put that extra little bit in, and instead of doing a um, a 10k run, I'd, I'd do I'd do an 11 or a 12k run, or a, I wouldn't sort of shirk away. To me, it was really about the support of, of family and friends and and knowing that I could do it and and just then to prove that that yes I can hi it's Dave here with a quick word from our sponsor Knightswood House is a financial advisory firm that specializes in working with successful business professionals who share a passion for endurance sports people often come to us for a couple of reasons one, you aren't where you thought you'd be financially at this point in your life. Two, you seem to have no time to get a proper handle on your finances. And three, you may be annoyed that you're paying so much for life insurance to protect yourself and your family, but you're fitter and healthier than the average punter and you wonder why it's costing you so much. 
Underlying all of this, though, is often a concern that you may be wasting your opportunities and not maximising all of your hard work. We've got a five-step process we take you through, which will help you develop a plan that you're confident will get you to where you want to be financially, simplify your affairs and take much of the hassle off your hands, and show you how you can be rewarded financially for looking after yourself and your family. Ultimately, we can help you retire in style, and often years earlier than you thought possible. For more details, head to www.knightswood.com.au. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, wow. Okay. Now, I'd imagine given given the length of some... I mean, any race we know, if you're going full pelt is hard. It doesn't matter whether it's 100 metres or whether it's a, you know, 100 miles or, um, or multiples thereof. It's just a different time frame. Um, now, I'd imagine... Over some of those races, you found yourself in some pretty dark places and uh, oh, yeah. and had to kind of fight yourself to um, uh, to keep pushing through. And you, you spoke about um, you know, kind of the, the support network and not wanting to let anyone down. I mean, what, what would have been, um, what would you say was one of the hardest things that you, uh, you had to get through? Well, the hardest part in, in some of those things really is the sleep deprivation. As I said before, you're out there for seven or ten days and, and you're getting minimal sleep to the extent of it being over over the seven days getting, say, seven hours sleep. Um, I can remember one time we were we were, were trekking uh, through some fields and we were absolutely exhausted and, um, and it needed some sleep. And so we... Uh, we're currently in second position and, and not far behind the first spot. And uh, we, we didn't have, there was only one more leg to go. And uh, so we were desperate to try to catch up with them. We were only about an hour and a half behind them. And so we, we didn't want to be sleeping too long. So we said, okay, we'll, we'll um, set our watches, the alarms on the watches for 15 minutes. So um, we, we set the watches uh, put them to our ear, then basically strap them with a like a bandana around our head, so the the phone is right beside your ear, and um, or the, the 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 watch is right beside your ear, and went to sleep, and we each slept through our alarm except for the last person. So thankfully, the last person woke up and then woke us all up, and then we we pushed on. But our navigator was in such a bad state after that. He um, couldn't even think straight. He, he didn't know where he was, didn't know what we were doing. So we were all carrying his pack for him and, and, uh, and we, we pumped him full of uh, Mars bars and other um, energy food bars and things like that just to try to get the, his mind back in action. Um, and that took him probably an hour or so before, um, uh, before he was coherent again. Well, and obviously um, maintaining the motivation to, uh, to keep going and... Yeah, and when you're part of a group, keeping everyone, um, everyone motivated and focused, and um, and moving in that yeah, direction. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and 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 that's where the team play comes in, where um, we'd all stop and and, uh, and look after each other and and help each other out. So, someone would would uh, bring out some uh, some caffeine tablets or uh, <laughs> or some some sort of energy drink and and uh, pump it into. Um, into you and and, um, and keep you going, or, uh, or or we'd then decide that no, look, okay, if um, uh, if there are two of us that were tired, then, um, then then we'll have a break. So we we would then just have a sleep or something. 
And your life has um, has taken a bit of a turn over the last couple of years as well. But the yeah, you know, the mental strength and I suppose the training and the discipline that you built up and exhibited during that um, during that period is I suppose paying off as well. Do you want to do you want to just share where you're up to now? Yeah. Yeah, look, um, I guess it, uh, that, that is a good segue into um, into my condition now. So um, in in March of 2016, I was diagnosed with uh, with prostate cancer, um, and it was uh, it, it had already metastasized, so it had spread uh, from the the prostate uh, onto bones and lymph lymph nodes and such. So it was um, uh, it was stage four, so a very uh, aggressive. Unfortunately, uh, surgery wasn't um, uh, or wasn't really an option at, um, at having spread from the, the prostate itself. Um, so, I, I, um, when I was diagnosed, um, it was was uh, uh, an, an enormous shock and uh, a bit of a roller coaster ride. We, we uh, the team of doctors around me, they, they rallied around and we, we went through a very, very aggressive form uh, treatment of um, radiation therapy as well as chemotherapy. And uh, and that's kept it at bay. And then I'm also on some other medication, which I'm uh, I'm taking daily. But the, um, uh, so that, that diagnosis was two and a half years ago. The diagnosis is from, or the, the, what the doctors uh, were indicating is that they, they can, Control it uh, marginally, so I'm realistically on on palliative treatment. Um, so for me, it's a, the challenge is working on how I can heal my body myself. So I've been doing a lot of research and uh, into alternate medications and al- alternate styles of uh, of treatment. There's a lot of research out there, a lot of uh, a lot of people and. and uh, that have overcome their their conditions through uh, alternate uh, alternate lifestyles. So I'm I'm uh, adapting that sort of philosophy. So I guess in for me it it, it really is the, the having the positive attitude of saying that I know that I'm going to overcome this. Other people have overcome it. Other people can do it. So if other people can do it, I can do it. And I guess going back to what you were saying before, having that support group around me has been the, the inspiration for me. The, the support that I have had from my wife, Amanda, has just been absolutely outstanding. There's no way that I could have done any of um, my sporting achievements uh, without her. She, she supported me in, in everything I did um, and encouraged me all the time to, to get out there and do the training or or, or to to do another race or whatever it might be. So, so she gave me so much encouragement and support there. But also with um, in my, in my latest in, um, uh, challenge, the um, Amanda Amanda's been right behind me with absolutely everything that I've I've wanted to do. Um, all these mad cat ideas about uh, different regimes of as I'm saying now. I'm, I'm doing a uh, a diet, um, uh, a detox diet. Uh, there's a 10 day diet that I'm I'm doing now. Then later on in the year I'll be doing a 42 day diet, a very strict diet, and and she's totally supportive of that. And uh, and we'll uh, and, and without her I, I I wouldn't have been able to do anything. Yeah. Wow. And when you say alternative, yeah. it's not you're more talking about lifestyle changes than. Um 
in kind of alternate medicine and things, aren't you? Yes, correct. So um, it, it, it really is about a lifestyle change. The, 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 one of the biggest things is cancer thrives on, on a stressful environment. So an alkaline environment uh, and stress encourages the body into an, into an alkaline environment. So uh, if you can reduce that stress is, is the best thing. So a lifestyle change is the, the biggest thing. If you can, so meditation was one of the, the first things that, um, that, that, that I got into, um, which, which really does bring the, the body down into a stress-free uh, environment. The other things that, um, that I am doing in the dietary sense, I um, uh, radically change uh, the, my diet. So I'm, I've now gone into a vegan approach, so raw, raw foods, raw plants, uh, so whole, whole plant-based diet. And there's so much research and evidence that, that's, uh, that, 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 that can uh, can change things around and I feel so much better for that but then there's a, a lot of other things that you can do as well so there's being a, having a positive attitude about things uh, reducing your, your your stress levels increasing your positive attitude um, the, the, the will and desire uh, to improve taking on the support from other people a lot of people that lo- love to help people uh, they want to give the help, but they don't want to receive it. But now it's a time when uh, everyone says, well, now's the time to turn around and, and be the one to receive the help. And someone actually gave an interesting analogy with that, that to, to help someone, you need someone to, to give the help to. And if you can't, if there's no one to give that help to, then you, you don't get the enjoyment out of, out of giving. So to finally turn around and, and accept that help from other people is uh, was a bit of a, um, a change in, in my attitude, but it certainly has helped. And I can see the enjoyment that, that other people get from doing little things, even even if it's just uh, cooking up a vegan meal for me or, or for the family or uh, helping out in, in, in just little ways. They get so much enjoyment out of thinking, well, they've done something to help me. And it, and it does help me as well. It gives me that time off. To be able to to do what I need to do to to get myself better. Yeah, wow. Look, we're we're coming to the end of our time together now, and I'm I'm mindful of your time. Um, there's two questions, two more questions that I want to ask you. And the first one, yeah, obviously we've spoken about some of the things that you've done, and uh, you know we we haven't mentioned family very much or anything like that, but I know you've got yeah a very close family as well, but. Um, from the perspective of where you are now and, um, and kind of when you were sitting down with the doctors and they were first telling you where you were at, I'd imagine your immediate thoughts were, um, you know, you kind of look at what you've, um, what you've done in your life and uh, um, it'd be a very confronting thing and a very confronting time. I mean, where you're at now, would you go and change? Is there anything that you'd go and change or anything you'd go and do differently? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, look, I, I think that I've experienced life in in a lot of different ways. I've, I've, I have experienced a lot in in my life, but I've I've tried to make the most of everything that I've um, uh, that, that I've had. But but really, I, I don't think it's yeah. Look, I I don't think it's worth worth looking back to say I I, I haven't led the life that I wanted to lead. Um, it's more about 
what do I want to do from here on in? What do I want to do with my life from now? How yeah. can I make life better for myself, for my family, for my friends, for other people? Um, can I improve other people's lives? Um, and can I make a difference in, um, uh, in other ways? But I think it's also interesting to, to reflect back on where we started with the conversation too. You, um, you were talking about making very deliberate choices about how you were going to live your life even back then where it was, um, you know, there was work, but work was basically a way of going and funding um, the adventures that, uh, that you wanted to go on. And um, mm. so you were very deliberate in the choices that you were making. If, if going back to your, your last question there, if there was something that you wish I would have changed, possibly the career choice, whether I would have done better in a, uh, trying to get into a, a, a job that involved all these outdoor activities and made, made a career out of that. Uh, having a career that you really enjoy is... Um, uh, where you you look forward to going to work is is very important. Um, I was getting a lot of enjoyment out of out of um, the outdoor, and um, and so that's where where I, I and, and I, I guess I, I built my career up. I, I could have changed into to doing some other outdoor based career, but um, I, I, I'm not at the point where I, I wish that I had done that. Um, because that gave me a lot of opportunities and a lot of other experiences and and um, uh, and friendships and and experiences. So I'm uh, I don't have any regrets there. The the final question and um, it's an interesting one. Where what I do is I actually ask each guest to um, to come up with a challenge for the listeners, something that they can do in the coming week. I think um, mm. thinking about the the discussions that we've had and, um, and probably from thinking about the things that have made them the biggest difference to you, uh, particularly over the last um, two and a half years. I mean, we, we all, as you said, we all tend to live in a fairly stress, uh, stressful environment, even when we're, uh, you know, when we think we're reasonably relaxed. So, um, you know, what, uh, what challenge would you put out there for people to do over the next week that you think could, uh, could make the biggest difference to their life. Mm, well, okay. I guess it, for me, it would be something to do with um, uh, reducing your stress. So reducing your stress in your life, whether it be taking time out to um, do some meditation or do some yoga or uh, something that would... And, and for me, water activities were, were fantastic. Being out on the water... Um, uh, either paddling, surfing, or something where your mind is taken away from all other um, activities around you, and you, you 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 can dissolve all your problems. So, so I guess a, a challenge would be to to take some time out for yourself, have some me time, and uh, to um, to reduce your stress and think about ways that you can incorporate some stress-free time uh, into your uh, into your daily or weekly um, life cycle. Fantastic. Thank you. And I think there's, um, yeah, I certainly notice the difference when I go and do some yoga and um, you know, when I do actually force myself to, to sit down and meditate a bit as well. So 
Um, yes, yeah, certainly a, a good one, I think. Thank you very much for your time today, Andrew. I've, I've really enjoyed having this conversation. I know we've been having a lot of, um, a lot of conversations over the last uh, couple of years anyway, but um, yeah, we've certainly gone off on, uh, into a lot of different areas today and um, you know, discovered a lot more about you as well. And thank you for being so, so open and honest to, to share with, um, with people kind of where you're at and, uh, and what you're going through as well. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of other people out there who, um, you know, have been touched by these things directly or indirectly. And, um, you know, hearing, hearing your story and hearing your, um, your attitude and approach, I think is, uh, can only help, help a lot of people too. So thank you very much. No, look, it's my pleasure. And, and, um, look, I, I hope that I, I can help other people and, and, um, and, and, and I guess that's, uh, for me, if, if there is something that other people can take from it, and, and if it helps someone, then that's that's fantastic, and and uh, more than happy to uh, to talk further about it if if um, anyone wants to. Yeah, fantastic. So, well, if anyone wants to get in contact with Andrew, if they just um, shoot an email through to me, get in contact with me, and I'll uh, I'll pass your details on, and we'll um, yeah. we'll put links up in the show notes to. Um, to some of that research that you were talking about as well. So um, there'll be details there. People can go and uh, can go and read up on that if, uh, if that's something that they're interested in as well. So thank you very much. Yeah. No, my pleasure. Big thanks to Andrew for being an amazing guest on the show this week. You can find out more by visiting the show notes at www.knightswood.com.au forward slash episode one. You can also get in contact with him through us by sending an email to podcast at knightswood.com.au. If you like this interview, please share it with a friend. We'd also love to give you to get some feedback from you. Rate the episode on iTunes and let us know what you thought. And if there's a special guest you'd like to, to visit the show, please let us know. So thanks for joining us today. I'm Dave Hazelwood, and you've been listening to The Pursuit of Life. Thank you for listening to The Pursuit of Life. To learn more about how Knightswood House can help you live your life of adventure whilst planning your future, visit knightswood.com.au.